All right. We are uh, in 1 Peter. We're going to be there for a while longer yet. And uh, let me tell you where we've been real fast. Three words that change everything. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Uh, and you've got this picture of uh, my favorite animal. Okay, uh, what's he doing? He's following his master. Uh, and so the picture I wanted to give you was, although this is not Jesus in the canoe, uh, as, as the Lord is, is taking us on a journey, our job is to do what? Our job is to follow the Master. That's all we have to do. We simply have to follow the Master. He will lead us into what He has for us because Jesus is Lord. Now, what does that mean when Jesus is Lord? It means that uh, my loyalty changes. Jesus is Lord, changes my loyalty. My loyalty now begins with Jesus and ends with Jesus. And First Peter talks about that. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. You have placed your faith and your hope in Him because He has raised Jesus from the dead and has given Him great glory. If Christ is not raised, our hope is not founded in anything. But because He is raised... We have hope because the Lord has raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus says, you too are raised into new life with me. And so our loyalty changes. We, we, we transform our loyalty. We move it into the realm of Jesus being our Lord. Uh, our identity changes. My identity is now found in Jesus and imitates Jesus. Uh, it, when, uh, you know, they say that what, uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Um, when, when our lives are transformed, we become like the one we are following. We become like our master. And that's what Jesus calls us into. He calls us into a life of following him. It's not that we are saved. It is that we are saved to follow. And we follow him now and we follow him forever into whatever he has for us in the next life. But in this life, we begin to learn that uh, journey of following him. Once you had no identity, Think about it. Once we were all strangers, now we have a common identity. Our identity is in the fact that we are God's people and Jesus is Lord. And so what does that mean then? Uh, it means that then Jesus changes my behavior. My behavior becomes transformed as well as I am changed into my master's character. Uh, God does not change your personality. You will always have this weird, wacky, strange, uh, wonderful personality. God changes your character. Your character is what changes. And Peter writes to these people who are being heavily persecuted in their day by this crazy emperor named Nero who is trying to hunt them down and kill them because they are a threat to his lordship over Rome. Uh, they say, no, you're not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Uh, uh, Peter writes to them, and he says, be very careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Why? So that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will witness your good deeds and they will give glory to God when he judges the world. Now, we went into last week what that looks like. It looks like this. Jesus is Lord. My loyalty changes. My, my identity changes. And then we look at the areas of life that Jesus must be Lord in. And Peter writes about all of these in his book, last, uh, in his letter. Last week, we looked at government. We talked about government. Uh, and... Um, guess what? We're going into an election uh, very soon. It was just announced this morning, and so it was apropos that we talked about government. Uh, when, when government uh, asks us to do something that uh, the, the Lord says we cannot do, we have to stop and say, listen, we submit to government. It's wonderful until we can't anymore because Jesus is Lord. And today, we're going to talk about marriage. Now, in between government and marriage, uh, we have work. Uh, we actually are putting work off to next week. Uh, uh, Scott or Andrew are going to talk on work next week. I'm gone for a couple of Sundays. I'm out with the Army uh, 
run, running around in the bush chasing people and having them chase me, um, and I'll be back in a couple of Sundays, but uh, we're going to look at work next week. We're looking at marriage today because uh, the, the testimony that uh, you saw with, uh, with Duane uh, just kind of fits, and so we're going to look at that in chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Um, I want to point out, though, that there are three common relationships that Peter talks about in his letter, 1 Peter. They are government, they are workplace, we'll look at that next week, and they are marriage, and the common word that he uses is submission. A submission, uh, a putting ourselves under the authority of someone else and of honoring the people that we're under the authority of. Notice, government, for the Lord's sake, not your sake, by the way, and that's key. I, I don't want you to forget while we go through this entire thing today and next week as well as I, as I teach you today, it's for the Lord's sake. And if it's for the Lord's sake, then it must be good for us as well. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. We talked about that last week. Submit yourselves to your masters with all due respect. That's the employment piece. And then today, marriage, in the same way, notice, in the same way, for the Lord's sake. We'll get to that again. I'll repeat that over and over because we need to understand that. In the same way, wives, submit to your husbands. In the same way, husbands, give honor to your wives. Now, when you hear that word, especially uh, all the wives that are here today, when you hear the word submit to your husband, you may go, are you kidding me? Submit myself to that dirty dog? Really? Seriously? That's what the Lord asked? Not in your life am I going to do that. I am not going to place myself under the authority of my husband within this relationship. We'll, we'll get to figuring that out together in the next 15 to 20 minutes, all right? Um, but if you don't like that, don't take it up with me. Take it up with the Lord because it's in the book, okay? It's in his word to us. And it simply says, and we're going to unpack this to understand it, in the same way, for the Lord's sake, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, what does that mean? The word is hupotasso. It's, it's a Greek word that means live under the leadership of, live in subjection to. And the lesson is that the foundation of giving witness to Jesus, because let's get back to that for a minute. What Peter is saying is if you want to give witness to the world, to Jesus, here's how you do it. To governments, submit to them until they collide with God. To employers, submit to them, and we're going to look at this next week, even when they're not nice to you, when they're cruel and unfair. And to our spouse, whether they follow Jesus or not, the word is submit. Now, as I say that, let's get one thing straight for all of us here. In the same way, submit yourself to your husbands for the Lord's sake. It does not mean uh, something that is um, let them rule over you doing whatever they want, a caveman style. Okay? That does not what it, that's not what it means. It means this. Take a look at this. Get back to the witness. So that if any of them do not believe the word. If they are not followers of Christ, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. It sounds familiar, doesn't it, going back into the second chapter of Peter where, where, where Jesus says to, sorry, Peter writes to all of us and he says, live such good lives among the people around you that though they may not believe like you believe, they will glorify God. Do you see the similar point there? So that if your husbands do not believe, they may be won over. Not by your constant talking about the Lord, not by your nagging to get them into church on Sunday, not by, by the beauty and the reverence of your walk with Jesus Christ. The purity and the reverence of your lives will simply win them over. It'll win them over. And then 
Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles or wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth uh, in God's sight. Um, one of the things that, that he's careful to say here um, is that Peter is not saying women are inferior in character. So I want you to hear this carefully. Women are not inferior in character, he's saying. Women are not inferior in intelligence. Men, your wives, are not inferior in their virtue. They're not inferior in their spirituality. Women, you're not inferior in your giftedness within the body of Christ. He is not talking about that. Rather, he is talking about how to give witness to Jesus in marriage. That's really what he's talking about. If you want to look at the whole area of, uh, of understanding who we are in Christ, uh, actually, and we'll get to that with husbands in just a minute, but to go back into other parts of the Scripture, Galatians 5 says, In Christ there is no male or female. There is no Greek or Jew. There is no slave or, or free person. We are all equal in Jesus. So we got that straight, right? We're all equal in Jesus. This is actually about how do you bear a witness by living in such a way as God has ordained for you. And so to go back just for a second, your beauty and your reverence for Jesus will win over your unbelieving spouse. And your beauty then, this reverence and purity, uh, doesn't have to do with, with how you look on the outside. It's how you look on the inside. Do you see what that says there? Should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles, gold jewelry, fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's actually a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? It doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't, uh, all of us, that we shouldn't take a shower, okay, that we shouldn't dress nicely, all right? Uh, it just means that as the culture says, this is what beauty looks like, we say, actually, no, that's not what it looks like. Beauty looks like this. And by the way, beauty in both the male life and the female life, the attractiveness of our lives is actually the Holy Spirit of Jesus himself living within our lives. That's what brings the attraction in our lives to each other and to everyone around us. And so, hey, go ahead and get dressed up, but that's not going to make you beautiful. What makes you beautiful is the Spirit of the Lord living within your life. And so for wives, that's, that's what he says. Notice. For this is the way, then he gives an example, this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, Abraham's wife, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. Are you kidding me? He called, she called him Lord? You know, it's a bit like that joke, uh, I've told it before, you know, Douglas MacArthur, general in World War II. They're down in Australia. He's there with his wife living in Cairns. The Japanese are coming down, and they're, so they're, they're there. He can't get into the islands yet, so he's in Australia directing the war. It's a very hot day in Australia, and, and they're sitting in their private apartment, and his wife says, Lord, it's hot today. And he says, honey, when we're in private, you can call me Douglas. That's not what he's saying, okay? That's not what this means. She called him her Lord. She lived under Abraham's leadership in the home. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Now, pay attention to that verse for a minute because that's important. You are her daughters, you are Sarah's daughters, who is what? Holy women of the past who put their hope in God. You are like her. If you do what is right, what is right? 
living under your husband's leadership in the home. And do not give way to fear. Why would you be fearful? Husbands, that's the cue. That's the cue. If you do what is right and do not give way to fear, that's where the husband's responsibility then must begin. We must then, as husbands, um, create an environment in our home where there is no fear. There's no fear. No fear in your marriage. No fear in your home. Husbands, in the same way. In what way? For the Lord's sake. Let's go back to that. Husbands, in the same way. Wives, in the same way. Submit to your husbands. For the Lord's sake, submit to your husbands. Husbands, for the Lord's sake, you must give honor to your wives. Now, in that culture, in that day, by the way, that was, uh, that was an incredible statement. Because uh, wives in, in Roman Greek culture in the first century uh, were, were, were basically owned by their husbands. Much like in some of the more conservative cultures uh, in our world, uh, wives have no say. Uh, completely patriarchal. You can literally kill your wife in some cultures today if she doesn't obey you or you don't like what's going on. Same deal in that culture, similar. And so for Peter to write, husbands in the same way you must give honor to your wives was an incredible statement. An incredible statement. And he goes on, he says, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Uh, uh, Paul writes that. Uh, very similar in, in Ephesians where he's talking about marriage and he says, husbands, uh, again, uh, live under the, uh, the leadership of your, uh, sorry, wives live under the leadership of your husbands. And then he says this, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He died for the church. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one hates his own body. He feeds it and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church who are members of his own body. You are members of the body of Christ. What did Christ do for you? He died for you. He's given himself for you. And so Peter then writes to husbands, that is the understanding that you must have for your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. And so husband, that's, husbands, that's our role. Our role is, is as our wife uh, lets us lead, um, and, and, and encourages us to, to, to do that uh, as an equal partner in the relationship. And by the way, in, in, in Kimberly's and in, in my relationship, you know, uh, Kimberly doesn't say, hey, whatever you want to do is fine with me. We don't have that relationship. We talk about things. We, we discuss them together. We make this. But one of the things that I've appreciated so much about Kimberly is, is we get to a point where we come to agreement, and, and even if we're not quite there, she will say, if you think it's best then we will take this step. We will take this step. Uh, for 30 years, I've been in pastoral ministry, and several times in our lives, I have said to Kimberly, I think it's time that we stepped into another pastoral ministry. And her word every time has been, that's going to be very, very difficult for me. But if you think it's best, we will go. Now, here I am on Vancouver Island. You may say, well, you came from Calgary to Vancouver Island. It's like you died and won the lottery. Um, right? I was back there this week. It's, it's you know, it's not, it's, it's a little different than Vancouver Island in terms of natural beauty, all these kind of things. The night that we said yes to this church, Kimberly cried. The day we left Alberta, we both cried. Why? 
because we were submitting ourselves to the master, and we love it here, and we love all of you, and it's been wonderful years that we've had here. We trust that they will go on for a while longer. But as we submit ourselves to the Lord's direction, Kimberly has had to do that as, as, as together we prayed through, and she said, the decision is up to you. And so we go. It's not easy. We're not just talking about things that are, oh, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. There are life decisions. Uh, wives, that to, to, to give your husband everything he needs in order to make that decision, and as much as you can, you make it together, but you give him the ability to lead is important. And husbands, you don't just say, whatever goes on around here is up to me. I'm the boss around here. Get behind me. That's not how it works. Husbands, honor your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. It's the first part. She may be weaker than you are. It's hard to read in some ways, but he's just simply stating the obvious. And in, 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 uh, in, in husbands tend to be stronger than their wives. I mean, you know, you've got Hans and Franz, right? Um, those, you know what I mean. Notice what it says, though. She is your equal partner in what? She is your equal partner in what? In God's gift of new life. Do you hear that? In the old culture, yes, absolutely. I'm the husband, she's the wife, I own her. In your new life in Christ, what is she? Your equal partner in God's gift of new life. That's why you treat your wife with honor and respect because in God's eyes, you are two of his children living in a communion together called marriage where there is full equality in your relationship before God. Your roles may be different as God designs them. But the equality in terms of your partnership in God's gift of new life, in salvation and new life in Jesus Christ, it's equal. And so you respect and love each other as equal partners in the grace of God. It's a beautiful picture. It should bring great joy within your marriage. So treat her as you should. Why? so your prayers will not be hindered. By the way, <clears throat> what is Peter referring to in his terms of the, the man's prayers? What is the man praying for? What is the husband praying for? What do you think the husband's praying for? I would guess that very, very first on the list, the husband is praying for his wife. Do you pray for your wife, husbands? Do you pray for them every day? When you pray for them, if you don't want your prayers to be hindered, treat them with honor and respect. Treat them as equal partners in God's gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Then your prayers will not be hindered. Then your prayers will be honored. Your prayers will be answered. When we get that straight, when we get the, 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 the part straight where, where husbands are encouraged to, to, to lead in their homes as their equal partner, their wife says, We'll talk about this and get, it, and, and get it as much sorted out as we can, and then you pull the trigger on what the things that need to happen. And then as a husband says, and I'm going to honor you every step of the way, and I'm going to treat you with the full dignity and respect of, of, of a daughter in Christ with full equality of everything that God has provided me as well, because I don't want my prayers for you to be hindered. I want my prayers for you to be answered. To be answered. We treat her that is our wife, as we should. 
that is, that's our role. That's our task. It's our job. So that our prayers will not be hindered. Well, I want to end with this. Christian marriages possess incredible power to give witness to Jesus Christ in Canada today. I, I just believe that. I believe that if we can live out what I've just talked about and what the pages of Scripture inform us in, our marriages will, will look completely different than most of the marriages that we find in Canada today. This, actually, that we have just talked about is increasingly countercultural, increasingly different from what society puts out today. It's a mutual living under the authority of Christ for the Lord's sake. Serving each other in, in, this, in this incredible way. We live that way before our government. And we live in a democracy, so we actually have the opportunity to actually participate in the forming of our government. What a privilege and what an honor. So I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but I hope that every single person here of voting age gets out, gets out and votes because I think God has given us that opportunity. In the workplace, we're going to get into that next week. Again, incredible opportunity to, to give witness to Jesus in the workplace through how we conduct ourselves. In marriage, incredible opportunity to give witness to each other and to give witness to the people living around us in this culture as we follow Jesus full and equal partners of his grace and the new life that he offers, living out what he's asked us to live out. For the Lord's sake, live in such a way. How are you doing with that? Let me ask you today, how's your marriage? Husbands, wives, how's your marriage today? Are you struggling? Are you working through some things? Wives, are you saying, absolutely not. I'm, I, I'm not letting my husband have an inch um, you need to honor the Lord and support Him. Honor Him wherever you can. Husbands, no way, man. If I, if I, if I let her have, a, have an inch, she's going to take a mile. It's, it's a constant tug and war back and forth. Guys, we honor our wives. We treat them as equal partners in the grace of God, and we thank the Lord for the gift that they are. The greatest gift God has given me in my life is sitting right there. I'm deeply thankful for the gift. 35 years together. I hope many more. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for such practical teaching. Lord, thank you for, for, for not pie in the sky, just kind of do the best you can. It's all nebulous. Thank you that you land your truth in our lives. And Lord, where you land our truth, it's transformational. I mean, you say it's going to change our lives. You say that as you follow, uh, as you follow your Father in, in, in doing everything that, that He desires uh, in, in terms of His will as the earth is redeemed, as you did that here and as you sit at His right hand and, and, and you together direct that through, your, through the Spirit within your church and through other ways, God, you say, now follow me. And I will transform your life as you submit to my authority. God, may we simply bow our knee for your sake and within our marriages today. Lord, may we, may we live these verses out. And God, if, if we need to ask for forgiveness, if we need to repent, Father, lead us in that. Lord, if we need to iron some things out, 
Lord, uh, as we both, husband and wives, submit to you, lead us in that. And Lord, in giving witness to our world, Lord Jesus, lead us in that. So that the world will see our lives and give glory to you. And you will be honored. Our Lord and our Master and our King. We pray this in Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to close with a couple of songs. Uh, we're going to have uh, communion as well. There's, uh, for those who want it, there's going to be communion on both sides here. Come on up and take communion. Maybe the, uh, taking communion today will be a decision that you have privately made based on uh, your time here this morning. Maybe it is something that you just want to come up and, and share in the, in the glorious uh, uh, death and resurrection of, of Jesus. And you just want to say, yeah, I just want to remember that again as, as his follower. We're going to do that, and we're going to sing a couple of songs. I think Alana's going to mention this. Uh, we have a couple of baptisms this afternoon in a river not far from here, uh, and uh, we're going to just uh, have a couple of songs of celebration as we anticipate those baptisms, and you'll see um, a couple of pictures of that, I believe, next week, all right? So let's stand together and sing.